If you haven't heard of us before, or if you're joining us for the first time ever, well, let's roll out the welcome mat so you can step on it, because this is the RSN Wrestling Podcast. Um, RSN is the collective form of Rich Salad Nick. Um, RSN also are letters that you find in the word wrestling. So essentially, you can't spell wrestling without RSN. As you know, we are your go-to source for all things pro wrestling on the podcast circuit. Uh, We've covered topics such as WCW, we've done ECW, TNA, uh, we also cover Ring of Honor, uh, Heels, Faces. There's, There's a lot of things that we've talked about that are, you know, in our exclusive library, so feel free to check them out. But do so after you listen to this one. Because this one is going to be the best one yet. Um, I mean, uh, I'll give a little a little clue as to what we're going to be talking about, and I'll, I'll just I'll just say three words: Stone Cold Stunner. I'll leave it at that. Feel free to jump right in. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, of course, uh, as Nick was saying, of course, Nick is of course also. If you guys want to know, we started this what three years ago. So three years ago. We started three guys just talking about, okay, three big wrestling fans, things like that. Just talking, okay, what are the best ways of kind of relaying that and putting it in a context where it's for you guys to consume and stuff like that. And the best way, of course, we got it is right here for our wrestling podcast. As as Nick said, we've covered a whole bunch of topics and things like that. And, of course, he runs a site called PWO, Pro Wrestling Opinion. And, I mean, Nick, you got to tell us. We always talk about PWO. Rich, he could vouch me on this right here. We always talk about PWO. We always talk about PWO and stuff like that. But you got to tell us what's going on PWO. I mean, of course, on top of the fact, we got Rich also running the Twitter site, which is, of course, you know, the big Twitter page, rumor mill stuff going on, things like that. Anything that hits the, the fan, he's able to go ahead and tell us right there. So, fuck Dave Meltzer. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck Dave Meltzer. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. But, I mean, yeah. Nick, you got to tell us what's going on with PWO. You haven't heard in, like, almost a, a long time about PWO. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, uh, the most recent thing I just posted, I, I uh, was a guest host on the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee, um, which is also they're based out of you know in the out of Kansas City, uh, so they have a, a stranglehold on the Midwest and uh, all the happenings over there. Independent companies uh, like Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Uh, gateway championship wrestling and and so on and so forth i was on the first hour of the show so we talked a little bit about current events like hell in the cell um red cages um um screwdrivers um there was there was talk about uh becky lynch um and then we did an interview um with this wrestler as russian wrestler and actor of Victor Romanoff. So, uh, if you want to just Google Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee, uh, a page from Blog Talk TV will come up. Uh, feel free to click on that. I've started on about maybe three episodes so far. Previously, I was a guest, and this time I was actually part of the the hosting duties. So that that was fun. Uh, I want to thank Luke Roberts for for setting that all up. Um, Aside from that, I've also we've also been doing interviews with the uh, talent from Dynamo Pro, based out of St. Louis. 
Um, they had a, a tournament called Riot on the River, uh, which is essentially um, the winner gets like a, a, a championship up. Wow, a championship opportunity. So uh, we were able to get all four semifinalists in separate interviews. Uh, probably one of the only wrestling sites to do that. So I'm proud to kind of wear that accolade. Aside from that, uh, we crank out the occasional book review. Uh, Jim Ross's Slobber Knocker is up there. When we're not doing that, uh, we're, we're watching old stuff. Um, I got reviews for WCW Super Brawl Revenge. There's also ECW Guilty is Charged 2001. Uh, WWF In Your House 6 is also on there as well. Uh, a couple of other older shows too. It's actually going to be a, a preview of what you're going to be seeing more of in the future from PWO because... We're going to be focusing a lot more on not so much the chronological aspect of things, but more on the review. So it's going to be a lot more independent stuff. It's going to be a lot more older stuff. Um, and actually, I'm going to be sparking my own uh, podcast spinoff. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. And all of this is going to be coming in January, so I can't wait to roll it out. Uh, right now we're, we're in the library, we're, we're testing things out. The mices are running on the wheels. Um, they got names. There's Ben, Jerry, and, and Lewis. Uh, they're running and running. I, I, I may have to give them some order eventually. Stay tuned in January. You'll see how it goes. But while I'm on the topic, uh, the RS train is just going to keep on rolling, and I have no plans to leave whatsoever. So we're in it for the long haul. So thanks for tuning in. And, yeah, so that that's basically the update of where things are at right now. We're, we're not stopping. There's no hiatus. We're just rolling and rolling, and we're only getting better, and we should only ever get better. I believe it. I hope so. Stick along. Come with me for the ride. Only good things are going to happen. Trust me. Well put. Well put. Well said. And like we said, I mean, uh, that you know, that's always... Promo yeah. than Roman Reigns has ever cut. That is. That is. Well, that's, I think... Ew. That's a little bit of an insult, but I'll take it. It's an insult towards him. At least I didn't mention Tater Tots. <laughs> Great promo. Legendary stuff. Suffering succotash. And then you just gotta wink at the camera. Off wall. Or, you know, mention Jack and the Beanstalk, because that always gets over. Oh, who, who doesn't get over mentioning an old fairy tale? And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. That was, that was, that, that was really a breakthrough moment for Roman. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, lots changed. I mean, we've we've spoken about it. You know, um, looking at everything that we're doing so far, looking at how far it's been so far. Long time that we've been doing, you know, a three man show. This is actually the first time in a while that we're doing it, and all these things have happened so far, and you know, things have changed. I mean, for one, we are on a new platform, of course. And now we're on Anchor, so of course, Anchor is of course like a new up upcoming uh podcast thing site that allows you know new developers to kind of or new you know content developers, should I say to get their content across uh, by media. 
of course, you know, we got to give him a big heads up and a thanks. You know, of course, we wouldn't be on all those platforms that we've been on. Of course, if you check our Instagram page, we're on a whole bunch of different, um, you know, on uh, different uh, platforms and stuff like that. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. You know, we're on uh, smaller little uh, little platforms as well. Overcast. We're on uh, Pocket Casts. We're on all these kind of different, pro- you know, uh, I think Stitcher, I think Podbean, all these other things and things like that, you know. So there's a lot of stuff going on in our wrestling podcast. Of course, PWO. There's always things going on. So it's kind of like this trajectory. There were also a couple big guys were on, I uh, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcast, and iTunes, right? Apple, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of different things that are going on, and you know, just again, this train's not stopping. We're gonna keep rolling. So there's I mean, one stop we yeah. want though. Yeah, that's right. That one stop, podcast one. Podcast one. That's definitely down the line. So you never know. If you see our Missing podcast, you know, on PWTs one day or something like that, you never know. It can happen. So just to let you guys know we're still on, we're still active, we're still going, we're still rolling. But I mean, nonetheless, this brings us to today, what we're doing today. So of course we're talking about today. Nick brought the little, I guess, little CD planted right there. So now let's go and talk about it. We're talking about, of course, finishers and signatures. So of course, whenever we think about, of course, finishers and signatures and stuff like that, what do you guys kind of think comes into that? Let's talk about that first. Well, Mr. Wrestling says it the best way. The one signature that everyone knows, super kick. Most Although, legendary actor. Hey, in the 90s, it was more of the signature. <laughs> Sweet chin music, that kind of thing. It retired Ric Flair, but now it's essentially a a glorified signature move, I guess. It doesn't really finish matches. It's more of a spot now, um, which kind of takes away from its legitimacy. Uh, Albeit, you know, it's gotten really popularized. And, um, of course, I think all eyes are looking at the Young Bucks for that. Um, But, you know, uh, done right, it's a devastating maneuver. Um... Of course, I think it, it, it's it's progressed more of a, a, more into a signature than an actual finisher. But I mean, if it's the same exact way Shawn Michaels finishes a match, then well, I got I guess that that's a testament to how far the move has has come along. I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, but wouldn't you say this? Like, uh, I, well, let's let's talk about in the traditional sense. You know, the traditional you know map based you know. The guys in the 90s and 80s, the guys that were just about grappling and stuff like that way, way back, they, they used to think that a finisher signature was a move that's like the end-all, be-all. Like, if there was that one move, that would be the one move that just ended everything. That was like a calling card. That was like, okay, that's it. Take I mean, it home. Kind of in the name. Yeah. Finisher yeah. is supposed to finish the match. That's right. But, I mean, looking at the, looking at what's going on, especially with the times, you know, as you see the different decades and stuff like that, do you guys feel like that's now changing now? Like a finisher is not actually a finisher anymore. Like it's actually just the shock factor. What'd you guys say? Yeah, yeah. Only a couple actual finishers. Strangely, but the, but, strangely enough, I think there were more um, finishers and signatures back then in like the Attitude Era. Like a lot of guys had multiple moves. Um, Undertaker and Kane each had the the choke slam and Tombstone pile driver. Jericho had the the lion salt, the walls of Jericho. 
uh, Benoit had the, the cross face and uh, like those German suplexes, which are usually like a setup for it. What's the name the you Rock just said? Had, the Rock had uh, People's Elbow, Rock Bottom, uh, Kurt Angle had the Ankle Lock and the Olympic Slam. So, I, I, you know, there were, there were multitudes of different ways a match could end, which I guess kind of, it makes it kind of easier for us to kind of suspend belief. Because you just believe, all right, well, the match could end at any specific point. Nowadays, it's it's more of, um, you know, fancy maneuvers just to lead up to the finish. And um, I guess now more than anything, if they do false finishes, it's just essentially a trade back and forth of guys kicking out of each other's finishers or using each other's finishers on each other. So. Um, it's it's come a long way, but I I think they've gotten better at the art of telling a story in a match per se, not really giving too much away. Right. But I think, at the same yeah. time, still telling a story. That's right. I think I think what it is to your point. I think what it is is just now finishers and signatures and stuff like that. They're just now like a tool to like develop the talent now. Like it's just okay, something that you could put on to a t-shirt. Or something that just identifies with the character. Like you see, uh, you never see Kane do something like uh, a frog splash. You never see, like, uh, you know, Stone Cold doing, a, you know, a moonsault. It just doesn't fit with the character. I mean, of course, maybe they could, but you, when you look okay. at all the characters and stuff. I would pay to see it. Yeah. yeah I, I think everybody would. would. Yeah. But I think it's just, I think it brings up that unique factor. Like, okay, this move resonates with this person because of this character, and this is why it works. The rock bottom or the people's elbows are rock bottom of people's elbow because of the fact of the character. The rock is the rock. Everybody knows he's people's champion. You know, the character dictates what it does and everything like that. The whole reaction and everything matches with it. And, like, you know, I mean, how I kind of look at it is kind of like you see, um, like, if you're, if you're a new fan, you've never seen it. Like, let's say, you know, or let's say back in the day, whenever, you know, People were kids and stuff. What do they used to do? Get on beds, mattresses, whatever. Start, you know, beating each other up. Little kids. This is like little fucking kids. You know, when they used to tell us, don't try us at home. Fuck it. We try it at home. Whatever. You got your little baby cousin? Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to be choke slamming their ass. Fuck out of here. Oh, I'm going to powerbomb you? Oh, hell yeah. Let me fucking powerbomb you. Fuck out of here, you know? I'm going to hit a diving elbow off the bed. Yeah. Let me hit a diving uh, elbow yeah. off the bed. Yeah. yeah. And I, then, you know. I used to set pillows. To, I used to set like a group of pillows together, kind of try to make it look like the announce table, and, and lay a blanket over oh, it. Oh man! And uh -huh. I would just jump off the couch and, and just try to like like a Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. I, I try uh, to be like Foley, essentially. Oh man, that's crazy. I think every wrestling fan has done that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I think every wrestling fan that's resonated whenever they watch anything that adds to their era, that's always like you know resident right there. You're at home, a, especially if you had a cousin who had a trampoline. Oh man, that's it. If you oh, had, the, yeah. I think Ooh. I want to do it again. Would, would you guys mind if I went away for a minute or two? <laughs> if you want, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, they got on. You'll know why. <laughs> yeah, if we will, but that's the thing. I mean, of course, and you hear stories about you know the auntie going ahead and grounding your you know your cousin because he went ahead and broke your you know little little. Uh, you know, sister's, um, you know, orbital bone or something like that, or, you know, oh, they broke a shoulder, you know, something like that. It's like, oh, my God, you know, this shattered, you know, his knee or, his, you know, you know, I'll hear all I these think, stories. And things I like think that. I just heard a crash. I think Nick fell through his table. Oh, man. Oh, by golly. Fun, by golly. Fun, fun fact, though. I, I gave myself a Stone Cold Stunner when I was in, like, second grade. 
I oh, somehow man. ended up moving forward, and I, I ended up doing like a handstand, and I and I and I, I, I fell towards the dresser like halfway oh, across man. the room. I God, hit my damn. head so hard. Oh my God, like, that dresser had a family. <laughs> damn it! Yeah. Out and, and and technically, me and my brother we used to um, you know, we used to play wrestle. So he used to have this own wrestling company. So uh, uh, what ended up happening was like I, I was like four years old at the time. So he accidentally knocked me off the bed and I fell and cracked our printer. Oh my gosh. Nice. You know, I'm always proud to say I, I took a wrestling bump at the early age. of God damn. That's a hell of a bump. That's crazy. I, I wish yeah. I still had that printer. I would take a picture of it. You oh probably sold God. better than half the company. Yeah. Well, we spoke about, we, we talked about selling too. I mean, of course to see all the moves, I think what makes a finisher really, really good. is just a selling aspect of it. Like you see, let's say back in the day, I know this is so controversial. We'll probably, yeah. God yeah, hole, yeah. Hole the rock. Oh man, or yeah, the rock. Oh man, you see the the Stone Cold center that the rock. That what you call it? the Stone Cold did on the rock. You know, you see him flopping all over the place and stuff. The most classic one, Dolph Ziggler. You see Dolph Ziggler getting soup kicked or speed or oh, something like that. Dolph is hands down the best seller in the company. Best seller in the company. Period. That's crazy. And you see all these other guys. You know, you see uh, you know, the small guys that can take choke slams and power bombs and all that stuff. You know, you see um, you know, when you talk about all the people that can sell. You know, I think if you Bro, can the best yeah. seller that I've seen so far in the past year, it was against the Bludgeon Brothers. They had a squash tag team match. They set him up for a power bomb, and you hear the kid friggin' scream like a little girl. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh man. Best seller ever. That's right. That's right. I think what it does, yeah, it just boils down to is kind of like you know, and I, I think this is gonna be controversial for me to say. Back in the day, well, I mean, this will probably lead us into our next thing. Finishers that were once like the end-all, be-all, but now it's like the, oh, you know, constantly being used. When we talk about, let's say, like back in the day, when someone got DDT, this is like in the 80s, they got a flat, you know, face plant them straight onto the floor. That was Jake like, oh, snake. shit. Yeah, it's game over. Jake the Snake. Or, you know, and, you know, he'll, he'll bring it up a notch. Oh, let's go ahead and, you know, bring a chair in there. Oh, let me do it on the chair. Bam, that's a big deal. And then actually, like, no, 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 let me bring it up even further. Oh, let's just go ahead and take off the mat. Let's do it on the flat floor right there. Bam. Oh, my God. Holy crap. That's crazy. But I think it's just a reaction. That's how the, I think that's the thing that really brought people to kind of say, oh, shit, that's that ass. Like, that's bad right there, man. That's going to, you know. And the past two takeovers, yeah. Tampa versus Gargano, you see them mm -hmm. rip the mat off and someone right. hits a DDT from the rope onto that's right. the bare mat. Right. Well, what I do you feel guys like feel? It, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like NXT they've kind of mastered the art of the sell, more or less. I think that's what makes the matches so much better than the ones on the main roster. It's like that they, and it's they, also they know how to work a crowd, so they know how to work their spots, and they just combine the two. And you know, really, you, you can never tell when an NXT match is gonna end because even when it looks like it's about to end, like the guy kicks out at the absolute last possible moment when it does not look even humanly possible. Well, let's take a poll real quick between all three of us. Do you actually want an NXT match to end? Never. Oh no, never, never. If it, if it was the whole night, I'm down. Do you want a main roster match to end? It depends. Yeah, I think I think what it is is after an hour, your stamina just is like, damn, I just want to get out of here. Fuck, this is boring. Typic when is it going to end? Yeah. Typically, the raw main event 
Oh man, every time whenever Raw, you know, that's the thing. Whenever you see the finisher, it's like, okay, either something after people are looking for either after the match something happens, or maybe during the match something happens. But nothing really happens. It's like, okay, you know, I guess that's the show. I was watching NXT on Wednesday. It was Ricochet versus Pete Dunne. That's all I have to say. I know, I know. I mean, we'll talk about that, I think, later on. Um, but, I mean, you guys talk about NXT. What about in the indies? I mean, look at the indies, the way that they sell finishers and stuff. I mean, I mean, let's specifically talk about, and we're still talking about the topic of finishers that are now, like, kind of overused or things like that. We talk about DDT. What about the super kick? What do you guys think about the Young Bucks and things like that? I mean, when you look at, like, say, a Young Bucks match or things like that from New Japan or, you know, from ROH or whatever, they have some really good spots, really good matches, too. Like, the way that they do the yeah. finishers and stuff. It's perfect. Like when well, we put the final battle, every finisher that was done mm-hmm. actually ended a match, except for Cody versus Dalton Castle. That's Cody right. I think Crossroads, right. the match didn't end. I think, well, same thing I think on the same night with, uh, I think it was Jay Lethal versus Marty Scrooge, I think, right? The whole match, they had finishers. Maybe they were spamming, you know, certain finishers over and over. But the thing is, they were telling a story. That's what I liked about it. Whereas, like, you know, but you see, like, things like, you know. had the Eddie spot, which was probably the best spot of the match. That's right. That's right. But I think what it is is just a factor of, okay, that there is something going. This is what's leading up to something. It's not like it's just random just for the hell of it. But what do you guys think about, like, the let's say the Young Bucks, for example. We talk about the Young Bucks. Whenever they do, like, Super Kick, Super Kick Party, it's like, it's, I mean, people have gone in and told them. They're like, you guys are killing the Super Kick. You guys are basically, you know, overusing it. You're spamming it. Well, like I mentioned before, um, they kind of glorified it into a spectacle of its own. Um, I mean, pro wrestling is a business, hands down. So if you could sell t-shirts on the art of a wrestling move like the super kick and just tie it into your gimmick, then that's just kudos to them for doing that. And, you know, they've come a really long way. So I, I, they deserve all that success. Um, but yeah, I could see where like maybe the older school wrestlers would come in and, and kind of have a problem with them, you know, essentially showcasing a move that really was supposed to end matches. And, and now it's just more of like a carry on to the next one. And I would fault them for that, but the fact is their actual finishing, you know, maneuver, and they have a couple of these, a couple of variations of it. It's actually a really, really fun to watch uh, finisher, and it, it looks it looks painful too. And so many things have to go right for it to 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 be executed. So, I mean, if the super kicks lead up to that, I'm all for it. You know, but I, who knows how long the super kick thing is is gonna last? Um, will it be there in five years? I don't know. Will they find a different move? Probably not. They're probably always gonna have the super kick in their repertoire. But I just hope they don't, you know, burn it to the ground essentially because it it's it's really easy to do that. But I guess if you could get something going with an ROH crowd or you know New Japan. You pretty much have set the standard for what a wrestling trend is, and it's not a shock that the Young Bucks and Bullet Club are always constantly at the top of the of the search list. You know, they know time and time again how to reinvent the wheel and keep things rolling. 
hopefully they just, you know, transition from the super kick to something different. Maybe like the chop. That's right. Yeah, now this is kind of off topic, but it goes with Nick. Can we all pick one thing right now? Like your favorite super kick moment? Well, actually, I was going to say my favorite. Well, we were, later on, we were going to talk about different finishers. That's our favorite. The one that stuck out to me was a super kick. I'll explain later, but. Um, right, what's your favorite super kick, though? I say Maria, Maria Canellas. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Nick, what's yours? Yep. I don't know. There's so many. Uh, probably. Yeah. Oh. Are we talking in general? Yeah, just in general. Like one super kick that. Not a person, like one super kick moment. Well, it had to be. Well, I remember a random one where Shawn Michaels, you know, randomly super kicked someone in in the in the backstage area for for just telling him his name. But was that was that a top uh, ten? Was that? was that a top ten super kick? That was on the top ten list, if I'm correct. Was that was that Stan? And then you he got Stan into the Stan. perfect ten. Yeah, poor poor Stan. Stan, we're not talking about we're not talking about Eminem. We're talking about Stan. Stan from hey, backstage. He became a perfect ten after that super kick. He did. He did. That changed his life. So that's true. It could be. It could be a life changing moment. But I think yeah. The, my yeah. My favorite super kick. Take over Brooklyn for Ricochet does a moonsault off the ropes and gets super kicked by Adam Cole right in the throat. And that's been done in the indies, I think, many times, hasn't it? It has, but that was just amazing because the match yeah. was amazing. It was perfect timing. That's and right. that's just and that's... pure trust from Ricochet to Adam Cole. Trust you enough to kick me in the throat. As... Yeah, that's like the first time, I think, ever in... And in, in, especially in WWE, that's never really happened in WWE. Oh, I think beyond oh, that... Wait, wait a second, wait a second. Well, it... It was a it was it wasn't a moonsault into a super kick, but I think some people will vaguely recall a a match on Raw between Shelton Benjamin and and Shawn Michaels, where Shelton like you know did a springboard maneuver and he basically jumped into the super kick, which oh, I think I was the finish that. of the match. That's right. That um, that move has been made famous. Yeah. Uh, video. That's right. Where. I- Shelton's head gets decapitated in the video. Yeah, that's right. There's so many. Yeah, like yeah, like you know, HBK and Shelton. There's I think one with Bram Mysterio maybe somewhere. I don't know. You know, there's all kinds of different you know uh, moments where that's happened. Where like in mid air. Yeah. You know. I I also think we're omitting a a major moment the super kicks is associated with, and uh, that's kind of the end of Ric Flair's WWE career. If you're saying. Yeah, that's like the one of the most. Uh, that's like the super kick heard around the world, I guess, wouldn't you say? Or yeah, that's it's like, probably the most famous you know, super kick in wrestling history. One, yeah, one of the most influential, I'd say. You're right. Yeah, that is. Because that, look at that story. That's, you know, that move kind of went in and just kind of sealed the whole deal right there, you know? So definitely that's – and that's, thing, that's how influential a finisher can be. So definitely. I think that's probably one of the higher ups there with uh, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair right there. That, that moment in WrestleMania 24 where he just says, I'm sorry. Bam, and that's it. Then knocks you know, finishes his whole career, which is kind of you know a movement that was kind of like an emotional thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. 
See, it's but so I'm, emotional. He, he, he's yeah. speechless. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's one of those moments where you look at it and say, that's what makes a match really, really good. I think what it is, is I think right now, the whole industry has moved away from that. Now it's like, okay, Brock Lesnar hits F5. It's like, okay, whatever, no problem. You know, if Kurt Angle hits a, it's a you know, angle slam, it's like, all right, cool. And then you see things like an attitude adjustment. Okay, you know, that's just like, there's no meaning to it. It's like, yeah, I think the uh, and, they, and this this works in their favor sometimes, but it also hurts them. Um, it you know it's, it doesn't really take one finisher to end the match. Now it takes like three or four. Granted, I think that's why the Cena Styles matches were so good because that's you right. just didn't know when it was gonna end. That's but right. at the same time, it also devalues the 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 finisher because now it's just like oh well. Uh, is it finally gonna end on the seventh attempt? And and is it as much as their move not being as effective, uh, or are they just strong enough to where you know it doesn't end the match? So it's like it's like a give and take situation. Yeah, that's I true. personally I am for whatever makes the match more entertaining, and you know it, I like to suspend belief. You know I. Even if it's a match, I could predict the winner, and nine times out of ten, I usually do. You know, if, if there's a brief moment in the match where I could just be like, oh, well, all right, maybe maybe they're not going to win this. Maybe they will go the other direction. Anything is possible in, in pro wrestling since it's predetermined. Granted, they don't really book on the fly like that, and, you know, why would they? They wouldn't have a reason to. But at the same time, it's like... You know, it makes the match more exciting. So I'm all I'm all for that. I like I like the false finishes. I, it, it's easy for me to buy into it because I sometimes if the match is really good, you don't want it to end. And obviously, you know that's a tournament NXT. Um, it's no shocker that you know a lot of their matches. But then again, the NXT matches are kind of well layered. They don't really trade finishers per se. They kind of just outspot each other. Until someone hits their finisher, and and then finally they work it into another spot, and somehow the match is over after that. That's, That's right. kind of yeah. been the NXT formula. It works right. for them. It's different. So you know, what I, I think it is I also that to them. definitely, definitely. I think what is also the fact that that, that uh, sequences. So we haven't really talked about sequences. I mean, uh, you know, I think they mainly do it in in the independent scene, and they mostly do it in uh, like very rarely they do in WWE. If it's like a, a match where it's like. Let's say Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles. Let's say they have a first time encounter. They're gonna have like a little five minute sequence where they counter each other's moves, it's like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and they stop. And it's like the whole crowd goes livid. And then, I mean, it, you see that more probably in the indies than you do in the main roster, you know. But you see that like, on NXT. Yeah, but yeah, it's, like you see that NXT all the freaking time. But you know, Velveteen Dream, let's say, and Alpha what? Black. But guess what? We don't get tired of it in NXT because it's people we actually like. That's right. And I think what it is is it brings up that whole thing. Like, okay, there is some, you know, realism to it. I mean, we talk about specifically, like, realism, too. Like, yeah, uh, like the yeah. perfect example of the perfect sequences. Take over Chicago, Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne. It yeah. was a great five-minute sequence, and the whole crowd was loving it. UK, yeah, that's what it is. UK based. They're all based on, you know, Greco-Roman, I think, and grappling uh, techniques. They're all map-based. And I think that's what makes it so good. That's what adds that whole realism factor, the story factor, and everything like that. Like, if you see, I mean, sticking the topic of real, like, you know, making things things real, like finishers and stuff like that. Think about, uh, like, recently, 
you see people always talking about, we always talk about all the time. There's people out there that just go, oh, you watch wrestling? I thought it was fake. Uh, here's the thing. You look at all the different uh, sports and things like that. There's actually, I think, in judo and I think in instances in wrestling, I think Greco-Roman wrestling, and I think also in um, uh, MMA, where people have won matches with wrestling finishers. Recently, yeah. I think two, three years ago. Yeah. People have won different matches with a submission, I think, that's based on a wrestling move. Like, I think Sharpshooter, Boston Leg Crab, I think. Uh, what else? Are you I think mixed martial artists in Bellator won a match with the Walls of Jericho. Yeah, with Walls of Jericho, exactly. It's like, yeah, like a double Boston Crab. Um, but yeah, like these guys, they win match. There's actual people that actually won matches with that. And it's like a big spectacle. It's like, holy shit. I think with the suplex too, someone won with the, you know, of course, suplex is like a staple to every grappling-based sport and things like that. But then you see like, you know, like this simple move can actually go ahead and, and actually have someone win a real bout and things like that. That's got to say something. Like that, that's for that's to all the people that have been saying, oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's this, wrestling that. Guess but then what? you also have it flipped where there's mixed martial arts moves that have been done yeah. in professional wrestling that have won matches via that's right. the Superman punch. That's right. And then you see things like, let's say, the Go Go Plata, that's uh, the triangle choke that Undertaker uh, perfected. Uh, what else? Eight. Yeah. Ken Shamrock. Many different moves he's done. That's all transfer from MMA. But you see them still being used today. Like you see the arm bar, you see the leg bar, you see all these different things. You see the figure four, for example. Big move. Always Ooh. been used. Ooh. That's what's up. And you that's basically, right? yeah, it's we have to. Do it. We bring up Ric Flair, you have to do that. Or Charlotte, you have to. But, yeah, I mean, it's just one of the things, too. It's always It always brings up that question, like, okay, you know, the finisher – it's supposed to be end-all, be-all, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there is some realism to it. And Joe Rogan, I think, many times he's gone through it where, you know, it's just like a thing where he goes through and says, oh, this is not real. Oh, this is not what it is. And if you see, like, that whole thing, if you ever get a chance to see it, he basically goes through it, and he's, like, he's looking at I understand from, like, a grappling MMA, like, field thing, and, oh, what's this move? What's that move? Things like that. And he's like, oh, that's not in real-life situation. That's not how it's going to break. You know, if you were in a real-life situation, you're about to break that. This is how you do it. Like, if, if you see someone getting into, the, like, say, the triangle choke, let's say, and Undertaker's like, oh, you know, Triple H is inside of it. He's like, oh, man, I can't get out of it. Of course, they're going to milk it. They're going to milk it. They're not going to be like, all right, let me just get out of it as soon as I can just to go ahead and win the match. Of course, they're trying to make a story out of it. This guy's trying to get out of this finisher. Oh, my God, he's fading. He's fading. He's coming back. Oh, shit, he's backing out. He, oh, man, he kicked out of it. You know, it's like and a big deal. watch um, the WrestleMania, the end of an era. Yeah. Triple H legit passed out from hell's gate that's right that's one of those instances it's like you know they, they say don't try this at home you definitely shouldn't but then i mean let's talk about of course bullshit uh, let's say quote unquote bullshit finishers what would be in the top list of bullshit finishers let's say i mean if you look so, at all the different like if you look so at we'll all the list yeah, now yeah i mean well here's I, well i think after this maybe we could talk about our favorite i guess finishers and worst finishers I would say or whatever, we'll start but, with least favorite and then work yeah. to favorites that's right. Yeah. I mean, either way, let's, you know, up to you, however. But I mean, let's, I mean, let me, if you look at like all the, or I guess the worst finishers, I say the bullshit or the worst finishers, wouldn't you say they're by the people that have five moves of doom? The Cena's, oh, the Goldberg's. I oh, think about it, the Cena's, the Goldberg's, the Roman Reigns, you know, people that only have like one or two finishers or one or two moves. And it's like, okay, this is what it is. The five moves of doom, you know? Oh, yeah. But what would be. Oh, of course, a leg drop. Literally, a leg drop is all it takes to finish this guy off. Really? Or you see back in the day. Uh, yeah. 
poke up, big mm-hmm. boot, leg drop. That's it. Well, you can say the same thing about the rock, can't you? About people's elbow. That's probably yeah, where you got it from. Dusty, right? Oh, well, you got that from Dusty, right? Or did you get it from someone else? I don't know exactly where it originated, but I think I think Dusty did have something to do with it. But then, uh, well, how did Dusty do? I think that Dusty just did the same thing, but instead Dusty of hitting the like bionic the, elbow, bionic elbow, yeah. And you said hit the actual elbow into it, right? You didn't just go ahead and just you know hit the shoulder or something into it, right? No, it was straight elbow. Straight elbow, yeah. It was and elbow that's, to head. That's like that's big. That's fucking. That's probably dangerous right there, right? That's big. Like I think now, and that's the thing. I think now they changed. Like, um, what about like dangerous finishers? I say, like, what do you what when you guys think about dangerous finishers? What are the, the things that come to mind? Diving headbutt. Diving headbutt. What about curb stomp? Uh, I don't know because I really like the curb stomp. Yeah, I think it looks good, but when you look at it, it's like that actually could be a real finisher, but it's something that can hurt people. That's another thing too. So. That's one thing too. But if you think about it, there's so many finishers that could hurt people. That's right. If well, you, we, if yeah. MJ does the Styles Clash the wrong way, that's right. That's you right. Can land on your head, you could break your neck. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like that's another thing that goes into account when you think about finishers? Like that's something that can potentially determine a good finisher from a bad finisher. Like the safety of it and things like that, the potential yeah. of things going wrong. Yeah, because. Well, um. I can't help but think of, uh, I think it was either Ultimate Warrior, I think the way he sold the pedigree, I think he landed on his head. That's right. No, and I think that was, was a jobber. Also, obviously, there was yeah, also that, the, that was the first pedigree. That was a jobber. How, how Stone Cold injured his neck. That's right. Well, once you guys say the same thing about, yeah, or what about the, yeah, the pile drivers? What about the suplexes? Like Benoit, you know, Benoit grabbing Sabu Ooh. and then Ooh. tossing him. <laughs> Chris Benoit, Chris, Chris, Crippler, Radicals. Don't not, the, not, not the one that's homeless, the, the other one, a quote-unquote. Oh. But Perry Saturn, yeah, we, we give you best wishes. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, let's say, like, I, I Benoit. I that guy. Yeah. Like, never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> ECW. Oh, think about ECW. And all finishers uh, they did. Never heard of him. Well, you heard of New Jack, right? He must be a jobber, that Chris Benoit guy. He probably yeah. is, He's, you know. All I know is WrestleMania 20, you see three guys on the card. One of them is blacked out. The guy in the, that was all blacked out, he won the world title. So I guess I don't know who that is. Hard to yeah, say. Because if you look at WrestleMania 20 on the network, it just says yeah. Triple H lost the title. And that's it. Yeah, oh. it. Yeah, it doesn't mention who. It doesn't mention anything. So that's one of the things, too. Don't know the guy, though. Right. But let's say, like, for Continue the yeah. story though, but I still yeah. Well, what story. about like let's let's say well, what about Kid Cash's um like Kid Cash, and uh the the what you call it, the Brain Buster? I think it was the Brain Buster, right? Where he just went ahead and took you into a suplex, and he kind of did like an avalanche suplex where he just dived you straight neck first into the ground, things like that. Okay. Yeah. What you gonna really say? Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. Right. Right. But like, when you look at these things, do you think that that's what like? Do you feel like now it should be like how football is, for example, where everything is like all about concussions and you know. Syndrome X or whatever, it's like, oh shit, you, you know. know you know what's another move that can actually hurt people? On the receiving side, a Superman punch. Like, just say Roman doesn't land it in the right spot, he could actually break someone's jaw. But you know who could really, if, uh, like, for example, let's say Brock, too, Brock Lesnar. 
His elbows, have you ever seen him hit an elbow strike? Did he fucking bust open legal, Randy Orton? Yeah. That's like le- like legal weapons, I'd say. You can li- legally register them as weapons. Have you ever seen his elbows? It's freaking crazy. He could bust someone open real quick. That's what I'm going to slam 2015? Six, I think 16. Yeah, 16. He, that was... He yeah. busted it open Randy Orton. Right, right. And I think in MMA, that's a real technique. They actually have you drive with the elbow straight across, and they have you do all these kind of things. Dangerous move. Yeah. It's a very scary thing. But let's talk about, let's say, attitude adjustment, for example, or the 619. Uh, you're dropping someone, you're basically, you're basically dropping someone on their back. Um, I, I mean, yeah. The AVAA is a little bit more glorified because it, it, it looks so epically done. Uh, the the uh, what was the other one you mentioned? Six one nine. Uh, I think it's six one nine. Six one nine. Six like, one let's... nine. That's also it's also pretty, and then it's followed up with the West Coast Pop. Uh, that's right. Which is a good follow up. So I, I you know I can't really knock those moves because you know they look very majestic and 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 pretty and the double poetry in motion. Yeah, the double A is something that could be worked into a match, as as you know, with like AJ Styles, you know, that it could lead to different spots. And if you look, if you remember, as of the past couple of years, Cena's been alternating it. Like he rolls into it, he'll pick you up from the floor. Yeah, fireman's carry, and then hit you with AA. I think so, yeah. variations of the AA. That's right. I think now it's just been it's one of those moves that are now, you know, mat, you know, you, something that you would do at your, you know, your parents uh, you know, you know, mattress or things like that. It's like one of those like, you know, little kids would use that on their little cousin. That's like it's one of those moves now. First it was the power bomb, then it was, you know, stunner, then it was, you know, the rock bottom. Now, choke you know, slam. Yeah, the choke slam. This is like one of those moves now that you can basically use on a doll or on your little cousin or things like that. Just to kind of, you know, try it and be like, "Oh yeah, I could do this with my you know, you know, whoever and stuff like that. But I think that's what, you know, that's what it's basically coming down to now. Now it's just like, you know, like the AA, you saw the whole legacy of it. This is, this is a man that's won, what is it, 16 world titles with this move. In yeah, repertoire. I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's ever going to get 17, but. Yeah, but, continue. but yeah, look, look, looking at it, like, like, think about that. They got sink, let that sink in. This guy won 16 world titles and all he really did was just drop someone on their back. I mean, it looks elegant, it looks pretty, but I think at the same time, it's like, you know, anybody looks at that and kind of says, okay, really, this guy won 16 world titles compared to, let's say, Ric Flair, who's a talented wrestler, who's been doing all these kind of things, who's been different, doing var- different variations over time, you know, he, he's not just limited to the figure four, he's done, like, chops, he's done, you know, all these other things, like he's an offensive, you know. That's another great seller of finishes, by the way. That's right, the chop, oh, man, that's crazy. No, I'm I, saying Ric Flair, a great seller of finishes. That's right. That's right. I think anything. I think anything. He, you could have him wrestle a mop. We said this many times. And he'll make it look like a million bucks. So, another guy, you know. Yeah, but definitely. But, I mean, downline, I think we're, yeah, we're almost wrapping up. We're almost there. Before we end it. Yeah, worst finisher. Yeah. Worst, worst finisher, best finisher, or least favorite. Most, or, you know, most favorite. A least favorite first. Least favorite. So, least favorite, and then your most favorite finisher, I'd say. Uh, I'd say we start with the returning person to the show, Nicholas, right. head of PWO. Uh, What's yeah. Your least favorite finisher. For some reason, I just never really bought into the uh, 
the double arm DDT. Like it, it just it doesn't really doesn't really feel like a, a, a match. Uh, doesn't really feel like a move that would finish a match per se. More along the lines of a signature, but yet like you know Mick Foley managed to somehow make it work. But for some reason, I, I just never really bought into it as as a legitimate finisher at least in, in the time of like the pedigree and the rock bottom and the so-called sunner um the my second honorable mention might be the mandible claw it's entertaining as hell but come on you, you really expect me to think that's gonna finish a match that's, that's right yeah. off an opponent that the, yeah. there's no way that's right that's true yeah yeah so rich well me i'd say for me it's yeah. just uh, yeah, we're actually up to our time, I think. Yeah, but um, for me, my least favorite probably would be the diamond cutter. For some reason, all the variations of diamond cutter, RKO, whatever it is. When DDP did it, that was probably the most interesting. Where he just goes into like, let's say, uh, you know, arm drag, and then just goes that straight into like a, a whole diamond cutter. Bam, finishes it. Um, and then you see RKO and all this stuff, just trying to overdoing it. And now it's like a big meme now. So like everybody's doing it. You know, swimming pools. You know, trampoline parks. Oh, you know, this is a wrestling move now. This is like another one of those moves that you do in your, you know, your mom and dad's, you know, bedroom or stuff like that on their mattress or whatever, you know, That's with your little cousin. It's like one of those moves now. Uh, for me, my most favorite move, any variation we're of doing, action. We're not doing best, Jack. We're not doing best. No, we talk about. Do, we're gonna do least and then go back for the best. Okay. Yeah. Um, my least least favorite, the knockout punch. Big Show's knockout punch. Yeah. Wouldn't you say never, the super, I was just wouldn't you never say the, a yeah. of it. But, but, but like let's say the Superman punch, would you think that would be the same variation of that? Not really, because you could hit that from anywhere. Like That's true. to me, the knockout punch and the Superman punch are two different moves. The Superman punch, as you've seen, Roman could hit it from anywhere. That's right. AJ did the phenomenal forearm, boom. He alters, he um, changes it right as AJ's in midair. Superman punch, Big Show. It was just boom, done. That's it. I think he set it up. I think the big part was just him and his big, you know, quote unquote. Just the gimmick was he had big hands. So yeah. I was like, oh shit, you know, that's it. That's the one thing I give Roman over Big Show. The Superman punch, he could hit from anywhere. Knockout punch, it was one, two, three. That's it. That's right, Nick. Your favorite, uh, favorite finishers. Mm. We'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah, I want to say. I feel like the RKO's kind of taken off a life of its own, and the fact that it could spark its own internet meme. Uh, it's hard to really argue with, with, with that. Um, yeah, let's go with the RKO. Okay. Cool. So. For me, my favorite move I'd say for now, especially now, is any variation of the uh, Shining Wizard. So Shining Wizard basically is where you see like a big kick. Like if you see Daniel Bryan ever do it, where he sets it up, it's like a kind of like a like a well not a yes kick I would say, just the one where he kind of runs and then he just kind of takes it like a running knee, same okay. kind of thing, you know. And then you see like let's say like an indie indie scene specifically, like you see let's say Kenny Omega doing it. You see him kind of just drag someone I in. Love Kenny, knee, you know, bam. I love Kenny when yeah. he does. Just the, the sound, the sheer sound of, you know, contact. That kind of just puts everything over like, oh, shit, this is going to be the end of the match. Okay. 
my favorite. Uh, let me see. The spear. A, a specific spear? Edge. Right. There's a lot of spears, but I guess, you know, one probably one of the best. I think anybody, everybody could probably agree with this. Edge. Because he could sell it. That's the thing, too. Ladder match. Yeah. What made me fall in love with it? Ladder match. WrestleMania. Jeff Hardy hanging off the titles. Edge off the ladder. That's right. We were recently talking about. Yeah, we were recently talking about a Hell in a Cell. You know, he was he was recently doing that and uh, what you call it, a Hell in a Cell, where he's just swinging off the top of the cage. Everybody's asking like, where the fuck is Edge? Like, just bring Edge in and right. just have him. And a second, like a very close second, Kenny Omega's one winged angel, which would also be altered into Seth's Falcon Arrow, even though that's, right. that's not his finisher. That's it's right. just like a form of a suplex converted somehow. Yeah, it's like a hybrid uh, superplex into a, I guess, yeah. Kind of like Kenny Omega, like a one-winged angel. So, definitely. But, and then yeah. Just the I mean, Falcon's arrow is just amazing. That's right. I think what it is now, now wrestling is just going past this kind of thing where, you know, it's not just a DDT. It's, you know, uh, what you call it? A kick out into it like you know some kind of you know top rope kind of maneuver and then into a ddt or like let's say a backdrop you know but into like a kind of thing where they make it look pretty you see a salida del sol that's basically like a backdrop depending on where you're doing it but you know he does it in a way where it's like you know kind of finisher bam you know that's it so i think now that's where the you know trend is going towards now now it's like okay how can we make these moves more you know more you know get the most out of it but also make it look real did you and say real look elegant did you say trending? Trending, yes. Yes, trending. trending. Yeah. You know what's trending on the internet pretty soon? What's trending? Well, not at this moment, but it will be trending. PWL. Personal opinion, yeah. Nick, you got to tell us before we end we ended it out. You got to let that, me know what's coming I, up PWL. So that was the easiest one. I'm sorry. It was yeah. pretty bad. But it, it was That's a good plug. It, it's a good plug. It's a good plug. Yeah, it, it flew. Uh, I'll give it an eight point five. You should have seen the last. You should have seen Nick. You should have seen the last one. Ten. Yeah, Nick. You should have seen the last one. Yeah, we got an eight point five out of ten. But yeah, the last one we did. Yeah, last one we did flew for like that one sank in really really good when when we did it. So you'll see, you'll see. But yeah, the last from the shoot, right? It was pretty good. Yeah, I think that one's pretty good. Yeah, you'll have to check that out. But yeah, that's on Anchor, by the way. So and all of our other podcasts, all of the platforms. But yeah. But, yeah, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the hour, PWO, we specialize in news, reviews, everything that's basically pro wrestling, book reviews, classic pay-per-views. Uh, you know, uh, we do podcasts as well. Uh, I have, we have our own interviews as well. So feel free to check it out. It's prowrestlingopinion.com. You can also find past episodes of our show on there. And you know, uh, if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, which I know you do, why even argue the fact? Go ahead and check out some of our past episodes, and we'll be sure to keep you guys updated on when we'll have some new stuff coming out. And like I said, just just keep an eye out. Uh, once January comes, could be a lot more coming from PWO. I guarantee it. Uh, so before we. Ended. Do you want to tell the famous story? 
Yeah, I always talk about it. RSN episode without the Sal story. That's right. That's right. I mean, again, I don't encourage this. In, uh, you know, for kids, kids don't to listen to this cool. part. Don't listen to this part. But also, don't listen to the part that we spoke about with you know, uh, trying things at home. You know, doing it in your you know parents you know bedroom or stuff like that, where you're just trying to go ahead and you know rip your cousin's head off and things like that with a choke slam, whatever. Don't try it at home, please. Don't. We don't want no fucking stories of people getting hurt and stuff like that. So definitely, but. Uh, but yeah, I always talk about it. School, stuck in school, thinking, oh damn, when's this freaking class gonna end? Shit. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, damn, can I watch a video? No, nah, I can't, cause this fucking snitch ass bitch is sitting right behind me watching me at my every move. So I'm like, shit, fuck, do I do? Damn. So I'm thinking, damn, damn, what should I do? There's nothing there. I'm, I'm trying to follow up on Raw, SmackDown, Indie, something, something wrestling related. Give me something. I'm trying to think, like, damn, what can I do? So what I do? I just look up on PWO, pop up PWO right in class. Sit over there, just watch, you know, just here, going ahead and hearing all the, you know, just seeing all the, all, all the coverage and things like that, minute by minute, everything that's going on, basically, you know, all the articles and all that stuff, just kind of pondering in my head while I'm in class, you know, while this teacher's teaching and stuff like that. She thinks I'm fully, you know, invested. Like, oh shit, this guy has my whole PowerPoint size. No, I got PWO on my whole freaking uh, laptop right there. I'm basically looking at everything right there, that minute, looking at all the stuff. It's basically like I'm watching it. So, that's one of the big things I'd say. But again, kids, don't don't follow off footsteps. Don't don't follow. Don't follow. I mean, of course, you're going PWO, but don't try that in school because you're gonna get in trouble. Believe me. But yeah, PWO, posting opinion, minute but by minute coverage. He, of course, busy, stuff Nick is covering every single move basically in the yeah. match. You can picture it literally. You can if you were to literally read past and everything like that. You could literally like picture everything in your head as it's going on. I have a question for you, Nicholas. Answer there, for you. Yeah. Is there a subscription fee for this website? No, it's completely free. Why would we charge anybody to read about things that they could watch for free elsewhere? So you mean, unlike Uncle Dave, you don't charge? No charge. Read it for free. You may get some ads looking at you. That's just the the minor price to pay. That's right. Yeah. Well, you have a slogan, I think, right? Or Rich knows it. Uh, reading is fun. Reading about wrestling puts you over. That's right. That still stays. So that's one thing too. But yeah, I mean, but nonetheless, change. yeah, that's right. But nonetheless. This is our wrestling podcast. We're going to do our finisher right here. Basically, you know, just wrap it up as we usually do. So, of course, basically, you know, you can check us out on all of our other, uh, you know, all the platforms. Of course, we're on Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, Anchor, Anchor. Basically, it's a podcast. There's a platform where it's growing right now. They're putting out different kinds of things, letting content users go ahead and use all their, you know, basically present all their content without having sensors and things like that. We know about that stuff here at RSM Wrestling Podcast. But beyond that, you can check us out at RSM Wrestling Podcast. You can also check us out on Instagram. You know, there's also a whole bunch of, uh, like, you know, a bunch of uh, platforms that we're on. We're on, of course, Ang- we're on uh, Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, uh, Stitcher, Android. Android. We're on pretty much everything that's there, all thanks to Anchor. So heads up to Anchor also. But uh, you can also check us out on YouTube where we have all of our different podcasts and everything, all our different previous topics and things like that, all on YouTube and things like that also. But also we're on PWO. Instagram. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. We also mentioned, of course, Twitter. So, of course, you know, that's where you get the rumor mill stuff. Rich runs that. He's able to go ahead and tell you all, all up on that and everything. But, again, uh, if we, the Twitter, I have an underground railroad. Leads me to Stanford, Connecticut, to the headquarters. I break in, leave a mess. You might have to bring a new one. Yeah. 
You might have to make a new one. Uh, no, that's the, being built. For the Indies. That's the thing, too. So ROH, New Japan, anywhere else. Oh, that, that's being built, and I have people over in Japan helping me out. Oh, man, that's it. That's If we uh, get that. I, I expanded. Woo! I got people now. That's the thing. Then Dave Meltzer doesn't have nothing on us, so screw it then. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, you can check out. We also have like a whole mirror. Yeah. We have like a whole. Bryce is better in NXT because she was thinner. Fuck Dave Meltzer. Fuck her. Fuck fuck you, Dave Meltzer. But nonetheless, I mean, of course, you can check that out. We have a mirror site where we just go and have all the links and everything down there. So, nonetheless, we'll see you guys out. Dave, you're in the Hall of of Shame. Hall of Shame. Of course, he's always in. Why not? But nonetheless, this is the RSM Wrestling Podcast. This is Mastermind signing out. We got the big guy, and then we got the owner and creator of PWO. We call him the executive, or they call him the COO. We call him PWO's own. So that's one thing right there. We call him but we'll see you guys. Nick Lopez. The Nick Lopez, yes. Yes. Well, we'll see you guys out. Peace out, fellas. See you guys. See you guys.